Hello everybody, welcome to God's Honest Truth. I'm James Templeton, your host. I, uh, right off my bat, I wasn't sure about what I was going to speak about today, but I, I like to do a podcast every day. And, uh, you know, I sit around this morning watching some of the news right before doing Bible study. I'd already done my prayers, and I was watching the house on uh, the Judiciary Committee on Fox News while they were Republicans and Democrats arguing back and forth trying to do this impeachment thing which they don't have anything to, they're wasting taxpayer dollars and all this time and the house under democratic control has not done a, to me has not done anything for America at all you know when you look it, what they're standing up for, what they want to do. They're not of God. To me, they're not of God. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental, but they're not. You know, they're for abortion, same-sex marriage. All the things that if you look in the Bible, the Bible doesn't support their beliefs. We're on the Republican side you hear more of God in it and I'm wanting to do right. And the world is really me getting bad. It has been for a while. You know, revival, I'd like to see revival turning around, but I don't, I don't, I, I have to wonder are we in our last days, you know, because they're coming after religion and God. They're trying to pass more laws where we would be restricted in what we say. In other words, we preach the gospel, they call it they call it hate speech. When it's not. You know, I love everybody. Love the, love the sinner, hate the sin. That is our that is mostly what our motto is supposed to be. You know it's not us that's making this up. It's what the Bible says. And we try to spread the gospel. Because if you fall short, if you don't, if you don't come to Jesus, you're not going to make it. That's what I keep. That's the message. You have to believe in Jesus Christ and, and follow Him, live by the will of God. And this country's not doing it. They're worshiping the world around them. The world. This world was not like this in the beginning. There was a garden. Adam and Eve lived in it. Didn't have to worry about food. Didn't have to wear any clothes. And all I, 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 you know, that to us seems funny. But in the beginning, there was no sin. There was no shame. It wasn't until the serpent deceived Eve and caused her to eat from the tree of good and evil, which God had told Adam, do not eat from this tree. You can eat from anything else in this garden, but do not eat from that tree. Because the moment you do, you're gonna die you're gonna die. Which it which what it was was doesn't mean he would turn it dust that moment, but that death of the spirit and over a period of time he would die. He would need both. And of course they fell, they ate from the tree 
and we ended up where we're at right now in this world. You know, people worship the world. It's not God's world, it's, it's the devil's. All the things you see in it that you want, the wealth, material things, that's not of God. That's not how God started out. And one day, God, you know, Christ is going to come back. He's going to change all that. And I would like to see everybody ready. Not everyone's going to be saved, but let me get on and read from some of the scripture here. Excuse me. My sinuses have just been running like mad today. I'm reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Starting at verse 5. Well, we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that more mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God. And I also trust are well known in your consciences. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are sound, or if we of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge this. Judge thus that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are God, but who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world for himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Now when we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him.
In other words, he, Jesus paid the price when he died on the cross for our sins. We couldn't do it ourselves. We couldn't go before the throne of God in prayer. But now through the blood of Christ, God no longer sees sees our simple nature. All he sees is, is the sinless spirit which comes from the Holy Ghost which was gave us after he died. And so now we can approach, boldly approach the throne of grace and seek God, make our request known. We go to Christ for forgiveness for our sins if we have committed any, which we... There's times we'll sin and we won't even know it. Might, we might have said the wrong things to somebody, or we might have acted in a way that wasn't Christian-like, you know, and not realized it. You know, road rage, you know, things like that. You know, you go, excuse me, Lord, for saying that or thinking that, but uh, we do sin, you know. Uh, Always, every morning, I, 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 I ask God, you know, if there's any unknown sins, you know, so I did something in my sleep or thought something, you know, bring it to my conscience, forgive me for it. And throughout each day, you know, ask forgiveness for what I <coughs> might not have known what I've done. But, uh, we, we wait here wanting to get out of this body. I preach this, do the same verses at No Friends Funeral, I guess a couple years back. And, you know, we struggle in this life. Life is hard. And sometimes I'll sit and I'll meditate on the fact, you know, one day my life's not going to be this way. I'm going to be in heaven. I won't have this sickness, I won't have this body that is breaking down, getting old. That when I breathe my last breath, I'll begin a new life in heaven. I'll, my spirit will be in heaven. Now, if Jesus comes back before I have a natural death or, or I die, the dead will rise in Christ first, and then I'll be called up to join them in the sky. New body hopefully a prettier body I'll look better than I do now you know people have figured out because they say we'll look like Christ you know well I don't say that we'll look basically the same as Christ but Jesus said we'd be like the angels when we got to heaven but the age he was like 30 33 maybe 33 which is still a good age you know I got I go for that Especially I got a head full of hair, you know, on my own teeth. It'd be kind of, kind of cool. I just, I just want, you know, I can't help to imagine that we will feel better than we've ever felt here on earth. We, there, we will born again, new creation. What? How are we gonna feel when we're in heaven? It can in no means compare to how we feel living our life on this planet because we get sick down here, we catch codes, we get hurt. That's all going to be gone. 
we have moods, you know. We're not going to have that in here. We're going to be, we're always going to be joyful in heaven. We're going to be happy, you know. We probably, the, you know, people look for joy and for peace on this planet. Imagine what it's going to be like there. And some of you people out there here don't want to give God notice. Think about it. Because you sure ain't going to be joyful if you're in hell. You know? God's speaking at you. You ought to take up. If you ever, if he's ever spoke to you, felt like that you ought to be following him, do it. Don't put it off. It's the best thing I ever done. Y'all have my moments. I woke up this morning because, because my mind, my memory, might have been a little bit of the devil too. It's always a battle. Was after me about my old way of life. And, you know, don't you, are there things you miss doing? And I have to, you know, go, Lord, give me strength. Help me overcome this. I can't do this by myself. I need to lean on you. It's like that. It's a constant war here in this body. Because this body was used to having its own way for so long, doing its own thing without any conscience or guilt to it. But it's not that way anymore because I have a, a sinless spirit in me that makes war for this body. I always argue for who's in control. And you might say, well, that sounds rough. Well, it is if you let it be. If you if you determined to live by God's will, and you said, no, I'm not going to do that. It's like when I quit smoking. I said, and I was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day, did for 23 years. I've been quit over, I've been quit about that long, 23 years. I said, I'm done with this. Not doing this no more. And I quit cold turkey. Didn't take any drugs. Listen, I got where I hated it. And so I quit. It's the same way when you decide to live for the Lord, you have to quit living that other life. You have to fight it. And I wish it was like smoking because I don't get an urge to smoke anymore. You know, I wish I didn't get an urge to sin. You know, but the temptations there were always going to be tempted. But when I beat that temptation, when I depend on God to get me through it, I've won my reward. I'll be rewarded for it. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit, you know, self-control. Yeah, you can see what else. I want to say patience too, but uh, long-suffering. You find joy in it. You know, and the thing that that really makes me not want to sin anymore because I've been in the Word, so all this time I've got off being disabled. I study God's Word all the time. I read the Bible. I do Bible studies. And you start building a stronger relationship with God you get to the point where you really love Him and you feel that when you study in the Word and you do not want to do anything that's going to disrupt that that's going to make it worse you know that breaks that bond actually shuts that door on God and breaks that bond you're back at the bottom again and I don't like doing that I don't like 
having to come back from a place like that. So I do my best to live by God's will. And I love it. You know, I really do. Let's see. I'll go to some other scripture. Other verse of the day was rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice, and that came from Philippians 4, verse 4, New King James Version. Let's see. Read the Bible. I want to go to... I'm thinking it's 2 Peter. I want to go to. Because there was something there I was reading. And... It might, well, it might have been Second Timothy. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, this it is. This is what I was reading over from Second Timothy, starting in verse three. And this is it's about end times. You, as I read this, notice how a lot of this that I'm reading you can see going on today in this world. Verse 3, 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 3. Well, actually, second, no, chapter 3, verse 1, excuse me. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, where men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong and haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For this is the sort that are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now we have, if you just look at what's happened in the news lately, they had that guy in prison who was trafficking all these young girls, underage girls, and they're still trying to find out who all was involved in fooling with these people because he was very rich, had an island somewhere, I can't remember his name. Committed suicide while he was in jail. So me saying, you know who I'm talking about. But it's the way of the world. We see it all the time where people are being arrested for messing with children. You know, where'd all this come from? It's sin. It comes from the devil. People influenced by Satan. When you start moving God out of the home, out of the schools, out of his influence, you know, it starts at home. The devil in the world will take the place of God if you're not teaching your people about God. You know, we got to get God back in this country. That is the only way that America will ever be healed. It's when we return to the Lord. If there's a chance for revival, you need to think about it. You know, the world's not going to change by itself. It's only going to get worse. You can't just sit back 
If you're a Christian, you just can't sit back and not do anything about it. You've got to carry the gospel. God, Jesus Christ commanded us to preach the gospel, to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, baptize. We're supposed to be dipping people down in the water, go down the river and baptize them. We've got a right to do that if we're spreading the gospel. But uh, we need to start preaching it. I do this on here because, you know, I'm not able to get out and run around everywhere, so I do this podcast, and I, I use social media to spread the word. There's people who listen to it. I see that, and that's what I, I, what I want to do. And that's what people are bad of, bad about. Let me go back to... Let's go back to Second Peter 3. I'm still looking. This goes along the site. Peter, Peter wrote this. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, and both of which stir up your pure minds by the way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, the scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished to being flooded with water. That means the flood came, Noah, only eight people saved. The rest of the world perished. God didn't like the way the world was turning out. But the heavens and earth, which are now preserved by the same world, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The world's going to burn the second time. And this world is destroyed this, this last time there's going to be a new one to take its place. New heaven and earth. You'd have to go to the study of Revelation. Which is speaking that. You've heard me talk about verse by verse ministry. Tomorrow will be the first posting of the study of the book of Revelation. 20, uh, which is to say 2019. They won't say 2020. But but it will go into 2020 because they're going to do a, a study a week. First verse ministry with Stephen Armstrong beginning tomorrow, September the 13th. I plan to do that study. Yeah, you do it online on the computer. Well, it comes up on smartphone too, but it's better on the computer because he always has an outline with it. He's got like graphs, drawings, and stuff on some of these things that go with, which I'm sure he'll have with the book of Revelation because he did on the old study. But that new study will start. And you can read along with his outline. The thing yet I watch about reading along with his outline is he puts a lot more into it than what's written on that paper. You'll be going along and you're like, where's he at? Well, what he's talking about won't be on the paper. You'll have to wait till he jumps back into the verse or what's reading. You learn after a while when you get doing what he's doing to you know keep up and know where he's at. You just have to listen and pay attention. But very good study. I learned 
the book of Revelation, the first study. I'm looking forward to this and to see how what he's updated, what he's added to it. it he does such a great job. You learn so much studying the Bible with him. And I've done a lot of the books, studied with him on it, you know. And he does a great job. Old Testament, New Testament. You know, eventually one day, he'll have done all 66 books of the Bible. I'm trying to think how many he's done right now. He's done enough to keep you busy. He's done enough to learn, we learn quite a bit to think about what he's doing when you study the Bible. You end up going from different books. You know, there'll be something in another book that gives you more than the book you're reading. It's like the book of, uh, when you're doing a revelation, you go back to the book of Daniels, and there's a lot of chapters from Genesis all the way through the Bible just to study the book of Revelation because there's parts in the other parts of the Bible that's going to give you more information on this. It's going to, it's going to broaden your understanding of what you're studying. That's one thing about the Bible. It's all connected. Even though it took 1,600 years or a little over for the Bible to be read by 40 different authors, and I mean some of these books are hundreds of years apart. You know, after the Old Testament, it was almost 500 years before any new scripture, which was the New Testament, which is wrote. Uh, John the Baptist in the New Preach. New Testament is actually the last prophet to prophesize the coming of the Messiah. He was one in the spirit of Elijah made pass clear for the way of the Lord. It's all tied together from Genesis all the way up to Revelation. It's all about Jesus. It's about the history that Israel went through, but it led to the promise of the bloodline that Christ come from. Old Testament, how Jesus would suffer and die, pay for our sins. It described the crucifixion. Talked about his hands and his feet being pierced. And they didn't even do crucifixion back back then. That was in the Psalms. David wrote about it. David wrote about who they called that Jesus was son of David, but yet David said, I said to my Lord, said his Lord, was he talking about sit on the right hand of God? David was the father why did he call him Lord you know things like that but uh there's a lot of interesting stuff to say there's all kind of books all kind of information people who know this the uh history archaeology they can cover more stuff every day that's like Jonah story of Jonah being swallowed by the giant fish. He wasn't swallowed by a whale. It was by giant fish. And people say, well, we think that's a fairy tale that you can't uh, believe that because there's no Nivea or Nivea, the name of the city that he was supposed to go preach to. Well, not long, several years back, I don't know, it might be, it might be about 20. Well, anyway, they found the ruins of this place. They dug it up. And they finally got down to where they got, they uncovered something that had the name of the city on it. It was Nivea. They proved that the city existed. So there was a place that Jonah went to. History, archaeology every day, they digging up the city of, uh, city of David, the old palaces, Solomon's palace, David's. 
and they're proving they're proving things. Uh, take Moses crossing the Red Sea. You know that they found that, or they believed that they crossed because they found the wheels off of chariots, weapons, and bones at the bottom of the Red Sea. That it couldn't came from a boat. It looks like it's where they crossed, and a great amount of water fell on them. The weapons they found, the designs, came from the same period of time that Moses and them were around. You know, just something else is proven. You know, read Case for Christ, like I told you. You'll find a lot of good information there. I'm telling you, uh, I just want you to believe. You know, don't turn away. I don't. If you feel any kind of pull, say the prayer. You know, ask God to forgive you. Come into your life. Study the Word. Find you a good church to go to. Go to one with small groups because, you know, like Silverdale Baptist, small groups, great. You'll learn. You'll get to know other Christians. You'll grow in the Lord. And you'll see that this is true because you have the Spirit of God in you. You no longer argue about sin, what's good, what's right, because you'll know. Spirit will let you know. If you're doing wrong, it will let you know. God will use you, and you've got all of eternity to rejoice. You know, heaven's gonna be great. I'd hate to see. I'd hate to see that you you miss it. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thanks for letting me share. I know I like to ramble on, but I hope through all of this that reading the Word that might have touched somebody's heart and make them want to know, you know, and that they say, God, please forgive me, come in my life, forgive my sins. Because I want to live my life for you. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for being, uh, joining me for God's honest truth. I tried to tell you like it is. You know, I got a lot to learn. I'm hoping to learn. I've always wanted to preach, so I do my best doing this. And I've asked God to let His Spirit speak to me. And I hope it does. I hope it touches somebody's heart. Uh, you'll find this on audio. On Facebook and I also video this so it'd be on YouTube and show up on Facebook share it on Facebook so you can watch it you know share it with somebody I just want to thank you have a very good day and God bless you